The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. We need a renaissance in America. We need a renaissance in the American church. We are rapidly going downhill. We have become extremely worldly. We've brought the music and the culture of the world into the church. People dress like slobs and attend church. A man said to me, doesn't Jesus accept us the way we are? Yes, you can come to Jesus however you are, but you don't stay that way. 
radical changes occur in your life. Those radical changes include how you dress, what your attitude is. It's about respect. It's about righteousness. It's about doing what Jesus calls you to do. Yes, you may show up in church in flip-flops and shorts, but you won't stay that way. Radical changes will occur in your life. But if everyone is dressing like that and everyone is talking like that, I saw one church, the pastor was dancing. People were rolling on the floor. Oh, yes, they used to call them holy rollers, but that was because under deep conviction of sin, they were thrashing about because they were trying to deal with the reality of their own wickedness, the wickedness of their heart. And it was not easy to do. There had to be a change. Now, Jesus and the disciples were in the boat, and Jesus directed them to go across the Sea of Galilee, not to their usual place, but to a place of Gentiles, Gennesaret, across the lake from Galilee. And when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn any clothing. He'd not lived in a house. He'd lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. I stop and I say, w -w 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 wait a minute, what's going on here? This man was demon-possessed. That means he was filled with uncleanness, with demonic presence. We find more and more people in America filled with a demonic presence. And they think that it would be torture for them to leave the filth of their lives. And so I stop today with you and ask, What is your life like? Is your life filled with filth? Do you watch filth? Do you eat filth? Uncleanness. Every time demons are spoken of in Scripture, they are also spoken of as unclean spirits because they loved the things of darkness. I look at what's happening in America, and very rapidly America is descending. I see people with their their bodies tattooed. Are you saying that's wrong, Pastor? Yes, I am. It's filth. It's tattooing your body with things that are not true, with demonic presence, with things like dragons, snakes, and other unclean symbols. It's paganism. It's darkness. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. You're not allowed to judge. No, I'm not judging. I'm just telling you straight up that I have in my lifetime watched as every evil thing has come in saw a young woman 
She was very pretty. My wife and I spoke with her. She wanted to know, how did you two meet each other? How did you come together? She said, every time I see you two together, there's a, a drawing in my heart. There's a, a warmth. There's a, I want to be around you. Who are you? Why are you this way? Well, we shared our testimony. We shared that we both love Jesus and obey him. This young woman had a double earring in her nose. It made her look like a pig. Pig snout. And I wondered, why would a beautiful young woman with a wonderful personality want to look like a pig? Has anyone ever told you it's wrong to disfigure your body with jewelry? It is. It doesn't bring honor to Jesus Christ. It brings dishonor to Jesus. I I looked. I look. I see what's happening. When I was a boy, I was I was allowed to have a long airplane ride. I had to put on my my best clothes. I wore my best clothes and I noticed that everybody else on the airplane was also well-dressed. The behavior, the decorum was very pleasant on the airplane. Now I don't want to fly because everybody's dressed like a pig. It's dirty. Behavior is uncouth, discourteous, rude. Why? Because self-respect has been lost. Do you understand that serving Jesus brings respect into your life? You respect yourself and you respect others. You don't respect others when you're slouching around in a pair of shorts and flip-flops. You hear what I'm saying to you today? You may wildly disagree with me, and, and that's all right. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm right. I'm just telling you that I've lived long enough that I've seen the devolution of our culture into something unclean, weird. The music is not alive and happy. The music is degrading. The rap is degrading. Well, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Yes, you are. You're free to dress any way you want to dress. But since when did we want to do whatever we could do, even if it looked awful? The way you dress represents what's in your heart. And I know I'd look around I see children grown up living off mom and dad. Oh, I'm not living off mom and dad. I'm paying them $100 a month for my rent. That's living off mom and dad. Oh, I, I pay $250 a month. That's living off mom and dad. Why? Why? Isn't there 
enough self-respect. Oh, but wait a minute. Where does self-respect come from? When missionaries would go into certain regions of the world, they would have a house on stilts, and then down under the house, they would have their pigs. They were dirty, diseased. They smelled bad. First thing that happened when the gospel of Jesus Christ came to them is they decided to clean up. Get the pigs out of the house. I've seen homes where pigs roam the house. No, not clean pigs. Some pigs, you they're clean. No. Pigs were dirty pigs. We need a renaissance where men and women return to what is true, to what is clean, to what is trustworthy. Some of you bring into your home in the television, in the movies, in the in the internet, things you would never allow to come into your home if they actually physically entered your house. You would throw them out. But it's all right to bring them into the house on your television because you don't smell the filth. You can see it, but you don't smell it. I'm not just being an old man who who has old-fashioned values. I'm being an honest man with you and saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. We don't need this in our culture. Our culture is devolving. It's dropping. It's, it's becoming ugly. And the clothing that people wear, is, it's ugly. It's unclean. Aren't you tired of this? Isn't there a part of your heart that longs for something that's clean and fresh? Do you really love filth? I hate filth. I don't like it. I like something that is respectable. Well, who says it's respectable, Pastor? The gospel of Jesus Christ does. The gospel did not heal a man and leave him in his filth. He healed him and restored him, set him on his feet, gave him a testimony to bear in his heart. That's what God did. I'll share. In Luke, 8th chapter, When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, the man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. That's what's happening in America. More and more people are homeless. More and more people live in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet and shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. Well, wait a minute. Isn't he torturing himself by living in a tomb? Cutting himself? Homeless? Isn't that torture? I beg you, don't torture me, for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. We need the impure spirit to come out of America. We need a revolutionary change in the culture of America, one of respect 
and cleanliness and love and acceptance of one another, but not acceptance that leaves us in the filth of our day, not an acceptance that has no sense of of value, no self-respect. I see people today in their 30s and their 40s and they're just wandering about. They'll live here for a while and then they'll live over here moving no stability in their hearts or in their lives for either themselves or their children. No sense of purpose. No sense of, I'm on my way somewhere. See, I had a lot of choices I could make when I was a boy. I made a choice. I'm happy I made that choice. Everybody doesn't have to make the same choice. But I chose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I chose to serve him as a pastor. Not everyone has to serve Jesus as a pastor. You can work in a in an office. You can work in your own business. But it has to be work that produces something to give to others, that allows you the freedom to help others. It has to be something that you and others will respect. What do you want? What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Please don't torture me. They're wicked, free love, I mean, I was around when the 60s came, and I saw the tremendous wickedness that emerged in our culture as people began to act like animals hooking up with each other, all restraint gone. I watched with horror as I watched what young people my age were doing and and how they were engaging in this wickedness and disease was spreading and filth was spreading. It took the Jesus revolution to even begin to turn that tide and even then it wasn't strong enough. And many just carried their free hippie lifestyle right into their right into their homes with their children with no discipline and no boundaries, no understanding of respect for one another. I hear of of young people who live at home, cursing and swearing. Grandchildren who live at home, cursing and swearing. What? That's not acceptable before Jesus. Please hear what I'm saying today. This man lived among the tombs. He scavenged for food. He was being tortured in the tombs by his homelessness, by his lack of Life structure. Life structure doesn't just happen. I mean, you have to make decisions, and you have to act on those decisions, and you have to establish clear boundaries, but you do that in Jesus Christ. I see many today who who say they're Christians but they're comfortable with the unclean. Sometimes this man had been chained hand and foot, under guard, and he would break his chains 
and he would be driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus said to him, What's your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And he begged Jesus repeatedly not to order him into the abyss. Well, what is the abyss? The place of eternal darkness. That's the danger that you face if you have no boundaries, no understanding of personal respect. We need a renaissance. We need a change in America where men and women respect one another and they respect themselves enough to have clear boundaries of decency. Not just going and doing whatever you think the evil side of your nature wants you to do. Now, there was a large herd of pigs. They were feeding there on the hillside beside him. And the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And he gave them permission. Where would the demons in you decide to go if you really got serious with Jesus? And he cast them out. Now, every demon does not show up as a devil. But a demon can show up as one who causes you to lust after things which will destroy you. Your neighbor's wife. Somebody you meet at the bar. Seeing people's lives destroyed by the woman they meet at the bar. Or the man they meet at the bar who has no moral conscience. Go to bed with anybody they meet anywhere. It's a very wealthy man. His wife came home. She came to see me. She was a Christian. And she said, Pastor, I don't know what to do about my husband. What do you mean? We were in a hotel. And he went to get ice. When he didn't come back, I went to find him. And I found him on the floor beside the ice machine, having sex with a woman he'd never met before. What do I do? I talked with her about it. What should she do? What would you tell her? How would you direct her? Or a very well-known, nationally well-known heart surgeon, his wife came to see me. She said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. What are you talking about? Well, my husband stays the whole night when he does a heart surgery. And the nurses take turns going in and having sex with him in one of the beds in between his supervision of his heart patient. Well, I know what she did. He said, it'll cost you a new Mercedes. Sure enough, she showed up at church the next week driving a new Mercedes. He paid her off. Is that not filthy? Is that not unclean? This filth penetrates 
all of American life. Jesus said, come out and be separate and touch no unclean thing and my Father will receive you. If we're going to have a renaissance in America, we're going to have to start with with me, with you. And you're going to have to say, what is it that I love that's filthy? What is it that I love that I don't believe in? How am I being utterly disrespectful to myself and my wife and my family? How have I lowered my standards and my expectations? And what would it mean for me to make the decision that I'm going to walk clean before God? That's the beginning of the Renaissance in America. No, you can't make other people do what you want them to do. But that doesn't mean that you have to join in the flood of dissipation, in the entertainment, in the recreation, in the trips. One woman said to me, my husband only wants to go to tropical areas where we have a club atmosphere where we go nude on the beach. I arrived at such a place with my husband and I said, I'm sorry, I will not do that. So much to her husband's embarrassment, she only would wear a covering a covering garment when she went out on the beach. She would not go nude. That's what I'm talking about. Where you begin to operate by a different standard than the world is operating by. I'm not going to go to a place I should be dressed to go to. I'm not going to show up in church dressed like a a wicked woman or a wicked man. I'm not going to go with my breasts almost popping out. It's not going to do things like that. Why? Because you belong to Jesus Christ and you respect yourself. You respect who he is and what his house is. You respect who you are going to meet at the church house. You dress with respect for the person you are going to meet. And you are going to meet the Most High God. If you're going to have a renaissance in your life, then you're going to have to set standards for your children You're going to have to set standards in your home, your workplace. You're going to have to look at life, recognizing that you walk day by day in the presence of Jesus Christ. I tell you this. Too many times in my life I have either dressed or acted in ways that brought embarrassment to my guardian angel. You know you have an angel, and he guards you, and he writes down what you do, or in some way records what you do. Those are all entered into your record But more than that, I've made a vow before the Lord that I will no longer act 
or look or be in such a manner that I embarrass my guardian angel, who then must record in heaven my behavior. I don't want to embarrass him because I'm going to meet my guardian angel one day. I'm going to meet my Savior one day. And I don't want them to be embarrassed by my behavior, by what I've done or what I've said or how I've dressed. Or I don't want to embarrass them. They're holy. An angel is a, is a holy being, a powerful holy being. I don't want to embarrass him. This man, Legion, he was an embarrassment to his angels, to his Lord. Now he's facing the Lord Jesus, and he's down on his face. And he's saying, please don't torture me. Hasn't he tortured himself enough? Begging Jesus not to send him into the abyss, the demon. This large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside. They beg Jesus to let them go into the pigs. He gave them permission. And when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep banks into the lake, and they were drowned. Demons do not come to bring life. They come to bring death, darkness, embarrassment. Demons come to torture you. That's what they did to this man. They tortured him. Now, at first, they didn't torture him. They had to move around carefully to take up full residence in this man. And finally, after they gained full control... And they tortured him. They embarrassed him. The pigs, they do what things that are demon-possessed do. They rushed into death. Now, you may not be rushing into death yet, but you're well on your way when you make your face look like a pig snout. You're well on your way when you lay with any man or woman that looks attractive to you. You're well on your way when you cheat and lie and steal. This precious woman came to the two of us, to Twyla and me. She said, I've done something awful. What have you done? Oh, I can't tell you, Pastor. I'm ashamed. She dropped her face, and tears began to run down her cheeks. She was embarrassed. She was tortured. What had she done? She'd shoplifted. She saw something she thought she needed, and she grabbed it. And she got away with it. And she was ashamed. She said, I wasn't raised that way. But slowly she's sinking. She looks like the world. She acts like the world. There are some traits that yet remain of sweetness, kindness. She's on her way out. If there's not a dramatic change in her life, 
she's going to be swept away. There's nothing the devil would like any better than to get her into prison. They want to torture her. The devil does not have your best interests at heart. He wants to destroy your life. And you've got to stop and say, Is that all right with me? No, it's not all right with me. I'm not going to go there with the devil. My source is Jesus, not a demon. But if a demon could get me to shoplift and get me put into prison, the shame would be overwhelming in my life. Or if he could get me to take drugs or sell drugs and then get me in prison, the shame would be overwhelming. And some of you today are in prison listening to this broadcast and you are ashamed of yourself. You need a renaissance in your life, and that renaissance is found in the blood of Jesus Christ as he commands the demons to leave you. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran, and they reported in town and around the country what was happening. And the people couldn't believe it. They went out to see for themselves. And they found this man, demon-possessed man, they found him sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the teacher of life, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They were afraid of righteousness. They were afraid of holiness. People said to me, Pastor, if I stop doing this, my friends are going to leave me. Good, that's okay. My family's going to leave me. Oh, that's all right, too. They'll come back. And hopefully they'll come back and get cleaned up with you. See, when we make a determination in our heart, that we're going to get cleaned up. That we're going to confess our sin to Jesus Christ. He knows what we've done. When you make a decision to take off that ugly jewelry, and yea, even cover up the ugly tattoos, When you make a decision that you are going to serve Jesus Christ, you've made a decision to get clean. You've made a decision to begin the renaissance of America. Now, I could just as easily use the word the revival of America. You see, the revival of America is not going to be simply a change of attitude, even though it will be that. It's also a change in behavior, in what you do and don't do. It's a scrubbing up under the impact and power of the Holy Spirit with the blood of Jesus. Come on, get real with me. There are things that you are involved in, things that you watch, things that you do, places you go that are filthy Is that who you want to be? Or would you like to regain your sense of self-respect and honor in Jesus? If you're going to church this weekend, dress to meet Jesus. Don't dress like everybody else. If you're going to go to church this weekend, go to a place where you're going to hear an honest word, an honest truth, where you will be rebuked for your sin. 
I'm not interested in you being taught something about the gospel. No, I want you to be treated in a manner by the Holy Spirit and by the word you hear that it is a rebuke to wickedness. It is a rebuke to the things of the devil. Most pastors are going to try to speak a comforting word. But what would you have thought of Jesus had he spoken to this man who was tortured, who was broken? What would you think if Jesus had said to him, No, my my brother, my brother, I love you. No, he didn't need to hear that Jesus loved him. He needed to be set free from the demons that were torturing him. And I know that many of you in the church today have demons in your life, and you wish you did not have them. They torture you. You can be set free from those demons by changing your behavior as you trust Jesus to instruct you in what he wants you to do and to be. And as you do that, Jesus will set you free. Now let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to come and set every person free who listens to this message from the demons that are torturing them, who make them unclean, who fill their hearts with despair. Lord, I ask that you would deal with those who have degraded their bodies with wicked jewelry, and with wicked tattoos, with wicked behavior. Lord, I ask that you would come and reclaim yourself in their hearts and in their lives. I ask that you would come and establish in their lives boundaries to prevent them from going back into the works of darkness and uncleanness. Lord, there are some who are fornicating or other wicked, perverse things that you hate, that the devil loves. Lord, some couples are captive in chains of darkness with the wife miserable because the husband wants to do things to her body. Sodomy or other things. She's ashamed. Lord, I plead today that you would come and give women and men the courage to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing that anymore with you. It's wrong. It's filthy. And Lord, would you give men the courage to say, I'm not going there anymore. I'm going to walk clean before Almighty God. Some of you men are single, but you are utterly perverse before the Lord in your masturbation, your pornography, your lying, cheating, even stealing. Lord, I'm asking today For a move of holiness, righteousness, renaissance to take place 
in the hearts and lives of my brothers and sisters. Lord, there are those wicked men and women like T.D. Jakes and others who live their wicked life publicly before others and pull them down and then want to stand in front of the church and pour forth righteousness that is tainted with wickedness. Lord, would you break those churches apart? Would you break them apart and no longer allow them to function and reward them for the reward that will come finally at the end of time? Lord, I'm pleading today for a change in America in the way we use our time and energy and money the way we relate one to another. I'm asking for a change, Jesus. I'm asking for righteousness to spring up like a crop. I'm asking for the showers of righteousness to fall from heaven. Lord, I can't come and preach the gospel and ignore the fact that the church is dying because of its wickedness, its lust. Oh, come, Jesus. Come and move among the men and women to raise a standard of righteousness in this nation. Lord, raise a standard of righteousness in this nation. Lord, please come. Please come with power. Pray in your holy name. Amen. Some of you turned this broadcast off today because you couldn't stand the preaching of righteousness. Because you want to go home and do what you want to do with your, quote, woman. Now you're back to see what the close is. We've got to get clean. Disease comes out of uncleanness. I'd love to hear from you. Would you let me hear? I need your help financially to continue on the radio station. I trust that you will keep your pledges. God bless you. Tomorrow I'll pray for the sick. I'll talk to you soon.